So, as I mentioned uh, when we were beginning, what is your expectation for the new year? I don't believe, I mean, I, I don't go along with New Year's resolutions, unless you really mean them, <laughs> and that we resolve to take care of them, and that with prayer and, well, if you want to create, a, we are creatures of habit. If you want to create a habit, you have to do what the, the, whatever your resolution is. You have to do it three times a day for 28 days. People say that's what's what, that's what the experts say, <laughs> uh, that will create new habits. So therefore, if you want to change something, you've got to make an effort. Um, you can't give up something without putting something in place of it. See, You can't uh, give something up without, uh, it's like, uh, well, you know, you just have to replay, you, have to, you know, we have to put something in that spot that we're, gonna, that we're, we're taking away from. So, Anyhow, back to expectation. Now, what you expect is generally what you will run into. We mentioned that in our Sunday school lesson and as church began, you know, if you're not expecting an exit on the interstate, you're going to drive right by it. But if you have an expectation, you're going to be constantly looking for it. And I think that God gives us the expectations in our hearts. And I, I, I like the uh, analogy whenever Mary goes to um, Martha, and um, tells her, and Martha's expectant with John the Baptist, and uh, Mary walks in to meet Martha and says, you know, greets her, and Martha's the baby, John the Baptist, leaps within her womb, you know? It's like the baby came to life when, when the promised Messiah came to meet her. Well, I think of in our lives that there are things that come to life inside of us when certain promises and certain expectations are are stated. You know, we, we believe that this is for me, this is for my life. No matter how difficult it may seem or how impossible it may seem, there's this expectation, there's this stirring inside of us. So what is your expectation? Anyone have an expectation that you want to share? Yes. You expect to get older, yes. Okay. <laughs> Every second, what's that? It's the year of Jubilee. Anybody know what the year of Jubilee is? It's a 50 years, and what happens in the year of Jubilee? Slaves, debts, everything is canceled, and we start out at zero. I like that. (laughs) You know, um, that if you were, property in, in Israel didn't belong to uh, the nation of Israel, it belonged to families, and it belonged to tribes. And if in that 50 years, families found themselves in hardship, uh, they may have sold their property, they may have uh, not been able to pay their debts, their children or they themselves could be taken as slaves. But when the year 50, when the 50-year jubilee came, all debts were settled, all slaves were set free, uh, they would go back to their homes, and they would go back and, you've been living in my house too long. Get out. <laughs> you know, because everything was set back to its original owners. So God has set us free, and uh, all debts are canceled, and all we're, we're set free. And it's, it's kind of like that with our, 
relationship with Jesus Christ that all of our sins are forgiven and we start out fresh and anew. So that's, Christ was a figure of the year of Jubilee. So, okay, what else? Expectations. Anyone? Yes. Yes. Expect to finish the dissertation. What else? Anybody else? What is it? Anything else? Yes. <laughs> leadership in our country. <laughs> yes, leadership for our country, our neighborhoods, our communities, our state and our country. Leadership. Amen. Okay, anything else? Going once, twice? Yes. A new friend. What's that? Ex- expect to make new friends. Amen. And I, I expect um, next year at this time our church will be full. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> um, and and that's and that's not um, now th- that uh, depends a lot on us too because people will generally come to a place where they know people. So that means that all of us are going to be influential in uh, building the kingdom of God. And it isn't about numbers, it's about increasing God's kingdom. So I'm grateful for that. Anyone else? All right. Don't anybody? Oh, yes. Two great grandchildren. Okay. You're going to? That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. I got two on the way. Okay. So there is an expectation there. Two ladies are expectant. Yeah. So I was going to talk about that as an expectation is that when a woman is expecting a child, it means that the, the, the child's already there. It just hasn't reached the time of birth. Well, whenever we have an expectation for a new year, we are conceiving a promise in our minds and in our hearts. And that when that conception takes place, there is a time of preparation and there's a time of birth. So whenever we set an expectation in motion, we are talking about conceiving an idea that will birth in our lives. That's what the expectation is. And, you know, um, well, our scriptures today is Psalm 91.2, and the title of our message is, I will say of the Lord. Psalm 91.2, I will say of the Lord. Now, you may have noticed that in the last month or so, we've been talking, uh, uh, anybody remember the uh, sheets of paper and the, bo- and the bag? God, you said. <laughs> and so what we were doing is looking at the scriptures, and even if you haven't put them in the bag, we need to quote them, we need to pray them, we need to look at them, God, you said. Well, I will say of the Lord, this is Psalm 91, two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. So we are saying of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, in him will I trust. So that we have this shelter, we have this place of security, and we have this place of strength that's in Christ. And, and I, I liken it to the, the point that over and over again in the scriptures, God tells us 
to say, to speak. Now, I, I don't go along with the idea if you speak it and you have it and your voice is the voice of God, but I do, you know, I do believe that we have um, an expectation. We say what we believe. We say what we think. We say what we anticipate. You know, this year was horrible and I think next year will be worse. <laughs> you know, I didn't die last year, so I think I will this year. I mean, you know, yeah, there are people like that. You know, I got one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. You know, so there are people who think about failure. There are people who anticipate failure. There are people who believe that doesn't matter what happens in the, in the, in the economy, they themselves are going to fi- be found at the bottom of the bowl. I mean, you know, it's just like there is this depressing, uh, this lack of, well, there's not a lack of anticipation, there's this lack of faith that they anticipate something going wrong. They look for the failures. Well, and you know what? Every one of us, every one of us will experience some loss, some failure this, this year. It's impossible. You have just lost another second of your life. <laughs> but we are anticipating the next. <laughs> so how we see it and how we look at it determines our response. So if we can say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my strength, uh, we can say of the Lord that he shall supply all of our needs. And these are, these are common scriptures I, I think I quote hundreds or thousands of times a year. I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, there is an expectation that God is able to do what we can't. Okay? There is an expectation that God will help us accomplish what he feels, what he has given us, this um, quickening in our spirit, that he will help us to accomplish that. That whenever we look at, a li- look at our life, look at what's coming in front of us, and, and we think about how difficult it is, that's okay. It's all right to see the difficulty, but it's also important that we see the provision that God will help me do this. God will give me the strength, the wisdom, the understanding to accomplish this. God does not want us to fail. So if we fail, it's only part of the learning process for our next success. That's not positive thinking. That is God's word on it. You know, positive thinking is, if I change the way I think, I can change my world. And it does, it does happen remotely and, and whatever, but when... I remember years ago, um, Rhonda uh, attended a graduate class and an individual, one of the professors, talked about basically about mind over matter and how that if you think, it was a time in which uh, Think and Grow Rich and uh, um, a couple of other books were out about thinking and your your whole mindset. And one of the professors uh, that she was at was talking about this and how that this individual was all excited about how their world and everything was changing, and how positive things were and how good things were. And, you know, when they finished a the class, and I think she had this professor again, maybe six months or a year or two later, and the, the, the professor was extremely depressed and discouraged because something very tragic had happened in their life, and it had destroyed that whole concept of thinking. And you see... What happens to us whenever we have our faith in Christ, it never destroys us. 
because God's word cannot be destroyed. God, what God puts in our hearts and lives can't be canceled out. We cannot cancel God's love for us. We can shut the door on it and not receive it, but that doesn't mean it goes away. We can say, I'm not going to go there. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have a there for us to be blessed. You see, so there are these things in front of us as we, as we think about the Word of God and we think about how much God loves us and we think about the price that Jesus paid for our salvation. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why would God want to do all of that only for us to run around in defeat and discouraged and, you know, the sky is falling and the world is coming to an end, it's out of control and these crazy politicians (laughs) are destroying our world and just... No one can destroy our world. God is in charge. And they are only going to fulfill it. So therefore, while they may be destroying, I'm going to be looking for God to build it. He's going to build, he is going to do, he is going to accomplish. And that your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and the women will prophesy, prophesy and, you know, all these, the, the, the prophet talks about that. And what's going on is, in the time that this was written, there were no equal rights, ladies. <laughs> you were property, it is, the, it is the Christian, it is the Christian philosophy, the Christian, not philosophy, the Christian way of belief that elevated women to a, to a position of equality. And men are not above, but man is the head of the house, but that doesn't mean that the woman is the servant. <laughs> All right? Somebody has to be finally responsible for the decisions, and it's always his fault. Right? That's it. All right, so it's always his fault. That's very biblical. <laughs> well, anyhow, uh, you don't mind me sitting down, do you? I, you know, I've, I've been preaching up there for 35, 36 years. Might as well change it, you know? <laughs> Here I sit, you know? And uh, when it's too full and you can't see me, maybe I'll move up there. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So... Um, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. God, you're my refuge. This is the Message Bible. God, you're my refuge. I trust in you, and I am safe. Um, when I think of the, the situations of life, where, we, where is it that we don't feel safe? Where in life do we feel that it's out of control? Uh, sometimes we, you know... Um, we have this, sometimes I have this panic, whatever. I call it a disorder, but then you'd think a preacher's disorderly, whatever. But it's been gone for a long time, haven't had it for a long time. And once in a while it'll creep up. And a panic is that you just wake up and you're just totally afraid. You know, you said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing. My gosh, they don't like you. You know, the world's going to come to an end. God has forsaken you and your life is over. Just a small panic, you know, just a small panic, you know, that everything is wrong with life and, you know, everything is wrong with life and everything is especially wrong with me. And, you know, and, and the reason that this happens is because you're no good, you know. There is a song like that. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good. All right, and, and then I, I heard another one. What made me think of that at the restaurant this morning 
it's too late, baby, now it's too late. <laughs> and then I thought, if you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, you know? So those are the things that we can play over and over again in our mind. And, and, the, and the challenge for us is that we have to let them go. They don't rule our hearts and our lives. They don't rule our thinking. God's Word and God's Spirit. You see, we have a new position. We have a new position. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are forgiven. We are His child. We have a new position in our life. Now, in that new position, we got to let go of some of the old habits. <laughs> we got to let go of the old sins. We've got to let go of the old way of thinking. We've got to let go of the fears and the the no goods and it's too late and it's, you know. We have to let go of those things because that's not what God's word tells us. God's word declares to us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. God's word declares to us that he, that he goes to prepare a place for us. You know, he's, he's gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, we will be one day. Whether we die or whether the rapture comes, we're going to get there. And it's all okay. I am safe in the knowledge of God's word. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Since then we know that, uh, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. Now, Paul is the author of this. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 is the author of Second Corinthians. And since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. Paul knows what it is to fear the Lord. Now, the fear that he is talking about is, it's, it's, uh, it's on a couple of different levels. Remember, he's Saul of Tarsus coming to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, to persecute the church and kill the Christians and throw them in jail and haul them all back to Jerusalem. Well, on this road, he meets Jesus. Okay? He is knocked to the ground. Voice from heaven speaks to him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's blind by the great light. And so he knows what it is to fear God. <laughs> so he realizes this is Christ. Christ Jesus reveals to him who he is. So Paul then goes to Damascus and he's blind and he waits there. He's waiting for someone to come and pray for him, but he doesn't know when. All he knows is that he is very blind and he's very vulnerable and everything that he has dedicated his life to is wrong. <laughs> so all these people that he threw in prison... Is God going to get him for it? Is God going to make him accountable for the death of Stephen? Stood by and watched him, held the coats of the people who stoned Stephen. So Paul knows what it is to fear the Lord. And then, um, the, the, who is it comes and prays for him? Ananias? Ananias comes and God tells him to go and pray for him and he prays for him and he can see he knows what it is to fear the Lord because now he has experienced the grace and the mercy of God. That fear now that was the fear of God's going to get me <laughs> to the fear of reverence 
and admiration and awe and grace and mercy. He now knows that fear of being set free from all of his failures. Paul's the one who writes, Forgetting those things which are behind, I press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting the things which are behind, Paul has to let go of his previous life. He has to let go of his previous failures and sins of which he was destroying the believers in Christ and he has to let that go and, and believe in the, the grace and the mercy of God. So in our lives, that's why I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him will I trust. That's why we have to say that. That's why we have to believe that our sins are forgiven. Our failures are no longer failures. They're learning experiences. They are never going to be used against us. God has forgiven them. And you see, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the covering of Christ means that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> that, there, that, that which was, it would be like, here's all this stuff written on this page. And when Christ forgives us, he just doesn't erase it. He gives us a new page. Okay? He gives us a new page that we start out with a clean slate. So our forgiveness is so complete that there is no trace of what was wrong, what sin was, no trace of that left in our soul. The only place there's a trace of it is in our minds, and that's why we will say that God has forgiven me, and every time we are reminded of our past and our failures, we need to remind ourselves of our future. We need to remind ourselves that we have a future in Christ, and Christ has gone before us to prepare the way. He is making a way for us. He, has, he, has, he is giving us the strength to, to live and to do the will of God. He is giving us, so I will say of the Lord that I need to speak to myself and say, God, this is me, me, this is God, and I will live in fear of God, meaning that I reverence him because he has forgiven me of all of my sins. He has a plan and a purpose. So then, so I say then, we know that so, since, I can't read, since then we know it is the, to fear the Lord we try to persuade others. So our message is not about ourselves. Our message is about Christ and his forgiveness. What we are is plain to God. <laughs> what we are is plain to God. <laughs> the next section says, I hope it is also plain to your conscience. You see, God knows us inside and out. He knows our thoughts. He knows our intentions. He knows, he knows what we're going to do before we do it. But we still make that choice. Um, God knows every sin. Okay, go back to whenever, we'll say, I was 16, all right? And, well, maybe I was 12. Well, maybe I was 8. I don't remember when I asked Christ into my life. Somewhere along the line, maybe I was two. I don't know. <laughs> my, my family says I would go down the, uh, follow my grandfather down the aisle to the altar, you know. So, I don't, you know, I don't know. But somewhere along in that span of time, I gave my life to Christ. And 
But Jesus knew every sin that I would ever commit in my entire life and never stopped loving me to forgive me at that moment of time in my life. Okay? So every failure of our life can never be held against us because God is going to forgive us. He, is, he has forgiven. It doesn't mean, well, you know, if God, this is one of the uh, teachings back in the, in the time of Christ was that if God really gets, uh, and thought time of Christ, time of Paul and the apostles, if God gets such a kick out of forgiving us, why don't we just sin a whole lot more? Yes, you know? <laughs> and, and that didn't work. Um, we're not trying to commend ourselves to you again. Paul's saying, I'm not trying to make, you make myself something to you again. I'm not, I'm not trying to build myself up in your eyes. But there are people, and, and this is Paul in this section here is talking about, there are people who really destroy us and they're really coming against us. And Paul's telling them, that's not what I was. That's not who I am. And you need to straighten up. And then we'll go down to verse 10. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Every experience that I have in my life, can I find something positive about it? Can I find something positive about people? Can I find something good? Because we're searching for the good. Think what well, the, the Bible says. Think on the things that are lovely, that are true, and of a good report. There be any virtue, be any praise. Think on these things. Well, you know, God, if they would be all those things, I'd think about them. But they're not any of those <laughs> because we haven't seen it, right? So why don't we start looking for it? Why don't we start looking for the good that is in people's lives and be appreciative and also to be good to look at the good that is in our life. The good that we do. And, and you know, if we haven't, don't have anything good that we've done, then start doing good. <laughs> so we need to regard, don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view. It's like you have a divine ministry. You have a ministry from God to yourself and to others. Because God created you in his image and in his likeness and he has birthed in you his spirit. He's birthed in you eternal life. So therefore, you cannot say, this is a bunch of garbage. <laughs> you know, it isn't. God created us for a purpose. And because we haven't reached that purpose, because we haven't been looking for our exit. <laughs> we haven't been looking for our exit. Uh, though we once regarded Christ in this way, people, used to, people thought of Jesus as a crucified failure. Cursed is the man that hangs on the tree. You know, they thought of Jesus as a guy who blew his ministry and, you know, just ended up dead and, you know, he was a failure. But we don't do that any longer. Then verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. So when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. In Christ, we have a new beginning. Every day is a new day in Christ. Every promise is a promise from Christ into our life. We are, we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. So what does the new person look like? That's where we look at the scriptures. That's where we look at what we say. That's where we look at what we think, what we say, and what you do. What we think, think on these things, which are lovely and pure of a good report. What you say... 
A word out of your mouth cannot accomplish nearly anything or near, oh, a word from your mouth, this is what it says, a word from your mouth can create or it can destroy. So what you think, what you say, what you do, um, your actions speak so your actions speak so loud. I can't can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> so we're looking at what we think, what we say, and what we do. Do what we do with the purpose of serving God. So the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God. <laughs> All of this is from God. God has given to us a new life, a new purpose, a new mind, a new heart. He just did a transplant all through us. <laughs> You know, he, he's given us a new direction. He's given us life that is eternal. So all of these things are part of what God is keep renovating, keep building, and keep renewing, and keep strengthening. We are saved from our sins, but that's just the beginning. Now we're beginning to change the thoughts and the patterns and the expectations. Expectations, did I say that? <laughs> Have I said that before? What do you expect? So what is our expectation of how God is going to touch my life in such a way, it's going to be, uh, be uh, it's, it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> what makes it unbelievable? My lack of faith. <laughs> what makes, he who has begun a good work in you will accomplish it. God wants to accomplish what he already has started. So God wants to do things in and through us. Now, it doesn't mean that I have to move to Africa. It means that I need to change my heart, change my mind, change my voice, not to be higher or lower. Change what I say, how I ex- my expectation. Change your expector. <laughs> you, know, made it, made, you know, put your expector out there. I'm expecting good things. And as we expect these things, God is going to bring to life that, that spirit inside of us will be quickened. Like, this is it. This is what is going to happen. And, you know, the devil, the first thing the devil will do is say, you shouldn't have that. <laughs> you, you don't need that. If you get that, that's not from God. That's just you. Why would the devil be so, so upset with us getting something and being supplied with all the good? Why would he be? Because he knows that once you start expecting and it starts happening, your expector's going to get going. You know, you're going to start believing, and you're going to start receiving, and then you're going to start giving, and then you're going to start believing and expecting, and if I can do this, just think if I can do And you see, if, if we can stay dormant, stagnant in our relationship with God and get to heaven, you know, the devil's already lost us to heaven. Now if we can just lose our effectiveness lose our ministry, lose our words that we keep them inside, then he has seemingly stopped us. But you know what? If the devil knew everything, he would have never had Jesus crucified. Okay? So the devil doesn't know what God's plans are for your life. But he knows what you say he knows what your temptations are. He knows, the, and so he'll continue to bring those things up. And if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. And the, bo- the book of Revelation says, they overcame him, meaning the evil one, by the blood of the lamb 
in the word of their testimony. So we can't overcome evil by what we say. It is the blood of Christ, and it is the word that we testify. So I will say of the Lord, and we, what we looked at last week, I will say of the Lord, your tongue is a rudder, as, it, as the rudder is to a ship, so is your tongue to your life. That's why what we say is so important. So we want to say the right things for the right reasons. Our tongue is what a spark is to a flame. Our tongue is as a bit is to the horse's mouth. <laughs> By our words, we can heal or we can destroy. By our words, we can help or we can hurt. We can build an expectation by what we say. And so that's why I want to have an expectation. <laughs> I want to have an expectation. An expectation that for good. An expectation that God is going to work in my life. God is going to work in the, diff in the, in the things that I think are failures or not so good. God is going to do a work in my life, and he's going to continue that work until he returns. So don't get off course. Look for the exit. Expect God to do something. Expect God to do the good. Expect God to give you the strength. Expect God to help you accomplish the task that's before you. When I am weakest, I find my greatest strength. Amen? So, I will say of the Lord. <laughs> I will say of the Lord. What will I say? Psalm 91.2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Amen? Let's stand.